0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone here. Thank you for tuning in. As always, can't do the show without you, so we may as well have you on board with us. So thank you, as always, as uh, we've been doing the show now for 13 years. And so we thank you for all of your support, your emails and just everything. So we have a show that we're going to present to you right now. But before we get to our guests, we have two guests for this show. Both are filmmakers. want to tell you about a quick audition. Pay attention, listen up, get your pen and paper if you need it. If you can't find a pen and paper right now, uh, we can always email you the information of what you need for these auditions. Our email address is info at filmfestivalradio.com. So, okay, let's get to this audition really fast. Um Nationwide, there is a nationwide national search for people with extreme food obsessions. Yes, if you have, or maybe someone you know, maybe somebody in your family, your friends, a spouse, or whoever, or maybe it's yourself. If you have an extreme food obsession, there is a possibility that you might get selected if you send in your information and apply for this. There's a new national television reality show that a major television network is putting together. And this particular production company has won several awards for their reality um, docu-style programming. So uh, this is what they're looking for. If you or someone you know is really obsessed with food and it has just gotten totally out of control, it's just, just out of control. In fact, is it an obsession, you know, like a shopping obsession or like a gambling obsession? But this is a food obsession. Or maybe there's a specific type of food that you just can't get enough of eating. With me, it would be pizza. I'm a, ooh, please, don't even try it with me and pizza. Now, in all seriousness, if this food obsession has now become a health risk for you, Or maybe your obsession with food has affected your finances or your personal relationships. That's what they're talking about, extreme food obsession. So if that is you or somebody that you know, these producers are looking for men and women who are so consumed by their food obsession that it has just taken over their lives and their financial lives and to a point that they now need professional help. If this sounds like you or, again, someone you know that you want to try out for this show, because if you are selected for this show, they will provide professionals, top professionals that will help you hopefully break this food obsession, uh, get you back healthy again, and go on and move on with your life. So if you are selected, again, you'll be on national television and you will get some professional help for whatever food obsession that you might have. So this is what you need to do if you'd like to try out for this um, reality show. You need to send in by email your first and last name, a contact telephone number as to how you can be reached, the city and state where you live, and a brief description of your food obsession and how this food obsession has affected your life. And finally, send in a recent picture of yourself in a jpeg format and of course that's all done with our camera and cell phones nowadays so again you need to send your first and last name your contact telephone number the city and state where you live and a brief description about your food obsession and how it's affecting your life and a recent picture of yourself in a jpeg format and you need to send that to this email address food obsessed casting at gmail.com and that's food F O O D obsessed O B is in boy E oh wrong I'm wrong start over send to food O B S E S S E D casting at gmail.com that's food obsessed casting at gmail.com and again if you are selected after you email that information in and if the producers decide to call you to bring you in for an in-person audition uh, they will be COVID-19 protocols in place in accordance to the health and safety standards so just keep that in mind if you are selected so and again if you don't have a pen and paper you can always email us info at filmfestivalradio, uh, dot com, and we will send you the information that you need, okay? All right, now, let's go and move on to our first guest. Our first guest, as I said, she is a filmmaker. Her name is Maria Juranic, and she has written uh, and directed a short film, a film short called Dreamers. And what the film is a very unique film in that it uses breakdancing, the very artistic world of breakdancing, to explore the very frustrating experiences that a group of young people are are dealing with who are in the DACA program. Um uh, of course, uh it's a lot of red tape involved with uh, dealing with DACA. If you know of someone that is, or maybe you yourself has uh, you know, been involved with the, the DACA program of trying to um, you know, get your right to be a citizen here in, the, in America and solidify your rights as a citizen here. Uh, the paperwork can be just tremendous. It's a lot of government bureaucracy. So what this this uh, film Dreamers does it it just focuses in on how frustrating and how much often government red tape that people have to deal with so the film will be screened on November 6th it's already been screened at different film festivals around the country, such as Dances with Films, the Brooklyn Film Festival, the Minneapolis Film Festival, the Dumbo Film Festival, and the Tarana International Film Festival, where it won the Best Video Art and Experimental Award. So on November 6th, Dreamers will screen at the Red Rock Film Festival, and that is in the southern Utah area, so if you happen to live in that area, I I'm assuming that the film festival will probably be done virtually online. But who knows? They may have just a few events where people just a limited amount of people can, um, you know, attend in person. Don't know. Everybody's a little different. But you can always go to their website, the Red Rock Film Festival, and um, get the information on when Dreamers will be screened. And uh, we'd love for you to see it. And again, if you maybe you know someone who is uh, struggling with uh, being a part of the DACA, D A C A, DACA program, and how um, you know how they, we all know how frustrating that is. I, I know a couple of people who were in it, and it was um, you know it was just a lot to deal with. It was it was just nerve wracking. That's all I can say. And I want to make sh- note that DACA st- stands for the Deferred Action for childhood arrivals. Um, And it's, you know, it's dealing with immigration policy. And right now, uh, under this administration, the immigration policies are just jacked up and just out there is all I can say. So, but again, this film shows how this very special group of uh, people, young people are taking their frustrations and expressing them, through breakdancing, I think is a very unique concept. Maybe that's what a lot of us can do: is uh, whenever we're dealing with extreme um, situations, if possible, just just dance. I know what, I have started doing that myself, not breakdancing, but I have gone back to some of my favorite dances from the 80s and 90s, and it really, for fitness, actually, but it really does make me feel a lot better. And so I think this is a, this film really shows a unique concept of how breakdancing, in this case, uh, is helping these individuals cope with um, what they're dealing with. So, again, Maria Juranic is the filmmaker. She's the writer and director of the film short, Dreamers, and so let's bring Maria online right now, and she can give us more insight into her new film. So let's bring Maria on, and we'll start chatting. Okay, uh, Maria, your film uh, Dreamers explores a, a group of young immigrants who are. Kind of caught in the crossfires of the horrendous, oftentimes uh, can be horrendous, uh, DACA um, system. So tell everyone how you came about to do this film and why did you do it? And just tell us more about the film.
1: For sure, yeah. Thank you, Janice. Um, so I am uh, actually an immigrant myself. I was brought here by my parents when I was 10. Um, so the You know this program is you know pretty fairly new. It started in 2012 by the uh, Obama administration, and so you know when I learned about it, I was I was very much uh, resonated with me because I understood, I understand the complexity of being brought here and not having uh, a right or a choice about uh, you know, a say in it, really. Um, and so as children, I feel like you're, you know, you're, you're sort of tugged into a direction by, your, by adults, and then you sort of have to live with the consequences of what the choices were. Um, so it really resonated with me a lot, you know, in, in, from, in, from the very beginning, Um, and so when I got the opportunity to uh, collaborate with my friend Lisa, who is a break dancer and has a company, um, and she's a choreographer, she, her and I have worked before and have always looked for ways and, uh, different reasons to, to collaborate. Um, and so she ended up getting a, a grant for, um, a dance piece that she wanted to do with me. And so. We started, you know, first we actually talked about just the importance of paper and how paper identifies us. And, you know, you don't feel um, you're not even alive unless you have a birth certificate. You have to, like, have a piece of paper to prove pretty much anything about you. Um, So the the paper theme in this film is very much uh, based on this idea that paper is, identity. Um, And so it ties in very much with the idea with immigration and specifically DACA, which is what I, after we had this initial thought about choreography paper, we understood now how it applies to this bigger theme of what we're trying to say, um, and more specifically, the reason that you know, you know, Elisa and I are, were friends, and I'm a fellow break myself, so the the this art form was very familiar to me, and I thought it was a beautiful merge, uh, specifically because um, break dancing is um, an art form that's still sort of battling its own um, right to be considered as a um, a formal art like classical piece. Um, or to be used in a, in a more serious art piece to express emotion and ideas. I think there's a lot of, you know, dance companies that do this, or performances, or theater. But in film specifically, I haven't seen this, um, or very much of it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like the sports, like uh, you know, like breaking one and two, where it's very much like. Um, about, you know, battling and who's going to be, you know, who's kind of got the best moves and power moves and whatnot. But as far as just being like the extension of a story, I haven't really seen that much. So that was also very much a goal of ours to be able to um, use use this art form in a serious way where it, to see that it is really possible to um, be an extension of a story. Um, so that's why we, you know, you know that was our mission when using this, uh, this form of dance
0: now, how many uh, young people are a part of the film that you're focusing on?
2: Uh, I'm sorry?
0: Uh, how many people, how many uh, young people, are the dancers, are there in the film mm-hmm. uh, that you're focusing on? Uh, well,
2: so the
1: film has one protagonist, uh, Renee, and um, she is the one that is uh, representing the the immigrant, it comes in and is, uh, you know, trying to uh, process her papers because her future is so unknown. Um, and so, and then there's, um, the dancers and the, the, the rest of the dancers are, I believe there's five or six of them in there that are part of this company who are, that who, uh, also, uh, together with that came up with the choreography, uh, as a team and are part of this company called, uh, Blake, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, um, just, um, I'm. just. i blanking. Actually. Uh, That's
0: okay. Uh, Breakfast. Excuse me. Breakfast. Okay. Um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. And so, uh, had these young people were they already uh, break dancers, or did, was that always something that they were just they just happened to be interested in, and they just kind of all met and, and started, you know, break dancing together, or what?
1: Okay, yeah, great question, Jenna. Thank you for clarifying that a little more for me. Yeah, so um, like I said before, Lisa and I are actually met under the circumstances of, like, wanting to break dance when we are you know, maybe 10, 15 years, years ago. Um, we, uh, you know, a community of breakdancing is actually really unique because um, especially, um, like I said, 10, 15 years ago, it would be a bunch of, uh, really, it's just that, people in the dance form who came together um, and taught each other. So there weren't any formal classes or places you can go do it. It's just, it's, it's like a, it's something that you teach in, you know, on, on the street, it's like a street art, if you will. So um, the way that most of these guys that are in the film started is similar to how me and Lisa started about 15 years ago, except she uh, obviously evolved into a much uh, stronger dancer and I stopped about five years later. Um, but the, uh, the, the, everybody else in that film, I started similar where they were interested in the art form. They had a desire to start and learn. And so what happened is that you know someone would say, Hey, I have a free space after hours in the in YMCA. Uh, we're we're all going there to practice. And people would come there and get together, word of mouth, um, and everybody can show up and sort of teach each other. Say, Hey you know, I saw that you did this move. It's really great. How do I get better? And then we would coach each other and then we would, you know, evaluate it, push each other. And then, you know, alliances, which it would, um, uh, develop and then, as a team, we would go out after practice and then maybe like, as you know, there's these ciphers and these battles that you do with others, and then you get better by you know challenging yourself to sort of put yourself out there with what you've been. So yeah, it's like it's very much a community-based uh, art form, which is really unique. Um, and I think um, a lot of these uh, people that are in that in, in the film um, are either you know they're Lisa are either people who have um, come together out of of curiosity, um, and then also some of them are uh, second or first-generation immigrants themselves.
0: Okay. And so uh, how long ago was it uh, when you first started on the film and following these young people?
1: So I've uh, known this group of people for, like I said, about 10-15 years. um, Some better than others. Um, So I've actually, and I've done a film with uh, at least two of them before. That is, that was also with breakdancing. So I've known them, and they're, you know, and I've followed, uh, you know, followed their trajectory as, as, um, as performers anyway for many years. So I was very familiar with. You know their style and how, what they can do, and and how and how they perform, and who they are as a human. Um, so I've been, you know, I've been in touch with them for for you know a very long time, um, and also, um, yeah, yeah. And as, I, as I mentioned before, I have done a film with breakdancing or with a few of them in, in mm-hmm. the past.
0: And so, can you tell us? Um, now, where are they as far as getting through the red tape of DACA? Are they is everything all settled, or are they, is everything still pending with them, or what?
1: Oh, okay. So I should actually rephrase. So none of the um, so none of the uh, people that are in the movie are actual DACA uh, recipients or awaiting.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not sure that okay. was clear. Oh, okay, I see, I see, okay. it's, it's, It's a fictionalized, yeah, it's a fictionalized portrait. Oh, I see. Okay, I I get it. Well, what, I know that the film has been screened in other film festivals, and so I was wondering, uh, what's been the reception and the response from people, maybe family members or maybe people themselves who are really going through and experiencing uh, the red tape of DACA? You had, had you had any feedback, Instagram or emails from people who've seen it, The film? You know,
1: the few, yeah, the few that I have, um, you know were really, like, uh, taken back by the, um, obviously, the caliber of the performances, but also um, by the message itself. Um, it was uh, they, it was received really in a positive way, where I had someone, um, you know, congratulate me on the, on the fact that I was making a statement that is so important. Um, and that really is why, I, you know, both me and Lisa really wanted to do this. Um, because, we, yes, we got, we 100% wanted to make art, but we also wanted to um, ha- give another version of a voice to this really important message, which is uh, just get, in, get to the polls and let's make sure that these people have a right to stay.
0: Exactly. And so um, do you have uh, plans on doing like a sequel to Dreamers later on after it, conti- after it continues the uh, film festival circuit or what?
1: you know i um have uh I've done so many things but um uh as far as uh breakdancing dancing i think um i'm I would love to create more uh dance pieces um performance pieces um about topics that are important to me and immigration is definitely one um I think I would love to create another piece uh with a performing piece and another um um Another issue. Um, But as far as uh, documentations, I think specifically exploring this subject for me, I would like to do in another documentary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm actually currently in the process of um, finding some of these DACA recipients now and just to be able to do
0: that. Very good. I think that's very much needed. Brings a whole different side of, uh, you know, a very frustrating situation to be in. I can't even imagine, very much so. Well, finally, um, how can people, I know the Dreamers is, uh, again, going through the Film Festival Circuit, but after the Film Festival Circuit, is there a way that people can follow you guys on social media? What's your website and social media uh, contact information? Yes. um, One second. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, so currently the the film is running in in the uh, festival circuit, as you said, Um, and we are probably going to continue for, you know, a couple of, you know, maybe a month or two, but after that, we'd love to release it online, and we are uh, currently, um, we're still waiting on where it will be released, however, we do have um, a link to Instagram that people definitely should follow, it's at dreamers underscore film, and And also, my Instagram is at Jura, J U R A M A R A, Um, And so we post um, lots of updates and links to that wherever it's going, and we'll obviously update it when it's live. And hopefully, from there, we'll be able to get um, some form of distribution.
0: Great, great. Okay, that's excellent to hear. And again, I think the topic matter is uh, very important, and you have found a creative way to uh get the point out and get the uh emphasis in some more spotlight on this situation about DACA and but but still in a creative but informative way and that's very I commend you for being able to balance the two, which is not that easy. Very touchy um subject matter. Just so much red tape yeah. involved as well. But you've done it. You've got a film. And it uh, sounds like you've become, you've gone from breakdancing to filmmaker on your resume here. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's really good to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah it's
0: been all right. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for chatting with me and sharing the information about your film, Dreamers. Thank you so much. I
1: really appreciate
0: you talking to me as well. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay, all right.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Maria, for getting us some uh, behind the scenes in the making of her film. And hopefully once it uh, is available for the general public, uh, I think it's definitely worth it for, again, if you know someone who is um, in that DACA system, and maybe it'll be encouraging for them. Or maybe you've been in in it yourself or a family member or something. But anyway, uh, you can follow Maria Uh, To get more information about the film through her social media pages, her handles as she um, shared with us. But again, the film uh, will be screened November 6th at the Red Rock Film Festival in uh, Utah. So, again, go to their website to find the exact date and time slots as uh, to when this film will be screened. Okay, that brings us to our next guest, who is also a filmmaker. Her name is Katie Davis, and she is the director of the HBO documentary film, Soul of America, The Battle for Our Better Angels, which airs tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on HBO. It's really a must-see film that's part political documentary, part biography, and it is um from one of America's most respected presidential historians, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist John Meekham, um, the film is based on Mr. Meekham's 2018 New York Times best-selling book of the same name, The um, Soul of America: The Battle of Our Better Angels. Again, is the full title, and it was his uh, best-selling book, as I said, and 2018 won um, just all kinds of awards. So the film itself, the film version of the book, examines the good, the, the, the bad, the ugly, the, the crazy uh, that has happened in American history at times. Um, and, and here we are at a very, very crucial time as we are about to have one of our most important presidential elections in a few days, perhaps the most important presidential election in history in history. So this film, um, again, it it looks at a lot of notable events that have shaped America from the past all the way up until right now. But in addition, uh, The Soul of America also chronicles John Meacham's life and career as a Pulitzer Prize award-winning journalist who is now a notable award-winning historian. And... Hopefully this film, I know after I saw it, it will help viewers kind of understand a little bit better the parallels between current events now and the historical events from this country's past. Um, The film, it it gives hope, it gives hope that the the lessons of our past will hopefully bring this nation closer uh, after November 3rd we hope and we'll soon find out we'll soon find out uh, by the time November 4th comes and as I said Katie Davis is the director of this HBO special film documentary and uh, she and her crew did an outstanding job. And, of course, um, throughout the film, you not only will see uh, very notable events that have shaped American history, but also there are, it is interwoven with various interviews with key historians and uh, just very key uh, professors and very learned people um, that are experts. Uh, About history, American history in particular, just a lot of really thought-provoking, smart people um, are interviewed throughout the the film, in addition to, of course, the man uh, who wrote the book, who it's really focused on, John Mecham himself. Again, the film is The Soul of America, The Battle for Our Angels, airing tonight, October 27th. On HBO, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So let's bring uh, the director of the special film on, Katie Davis, and talk with her about the making of the Soul of America. We'll be right here in about 10 seconds. Hi, Katie. How are you? Janet, yes. <laughs> I'm good. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad to talk with you. I was uh, I watched Soul, the Soul of America, last night. I always like to watch films right before the interview, and so yeah. it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very, very informative, obviously, because of uh, the per- person that is mostly the t- subject matter, John Meekham, of course. So um, I want to say, of course, that this will premiere on HBO October 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern, and everybody else will have to figure it out for their time zones because I'm, terrible with that stuff. I'm really awful. I always get Hawaii and Mountain Time. I can do Central, okay, Eastern, Pacific. It's that dead gum Hawaii and Mountain Time that throws me off, so. <laughs> but, anyway, Katie, uh, you are, uh, as I said, the director of um, this, this documentary project, and... It will be premiering just a few days, of course, before the upcoming November 3rd election. How important is this film, as it pertains to this upcoming election, or does it pertain? Well,
2: I—I I mean, I guess that that is a curiosity that I have, that I'm hoping to hear from, like the audience about. I think it does. <laughs> you Me know too. What I mean? um, that I've been, you know, a lot of the language that I've been reading around the election and particularly coming out of the Biden campaign these days is, is has been about this battle for the soul of the nation. And um, and so in that way, I think that, it, that this film is sort of situated within the moment really perfectly. Um, but I mean... I also think that education, you know, historical understanding of of why we are where we are and where we need to go is always relevant and always important. And, you know, arguably, like a a lack of understanding of where we have been before is what creates so many problems that we continue to perpetuate again and again
0: and again. Well, I definitely think that your film is is very vital, especially for people who maybe they are uh, new citizens here in America or maybe they're first-time voters because we're seeing a lot of uh, celebrities are admitting this is my first time voting. I think your film does a great job in – it's like a a summation, summary, capsule of – the history of the country all the way up until, like you said, to where we are now. So that's why I think a lot of people should see it before, your, you know, before the election because it does a really good job of summarizing the history.
2: Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was the goal. Uh-huh.
0: Well, mission accomplished, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, it's, it's hard, right, when you're talking about, you know, like so much history in, a, in an hour Less than an hour and a half. You yeah. know, like each one of these moments and every single thing that we talk about could be its own film, its own series. You know, and and it is our entire. They represent entire academic topics. You know what I mean? But that's really the hope that we had going into the film was that we could kind of help make an argument. You know, based on this this sort of vast history, and that was like the big challenge that we faced. You know, so. Um, I'm glad to hear that you that you thought we did it well.
0: <laughs> you did. You really did. I felt like I was back in history class again. I said, well, I, I must have not been paying attention enough during that era right there. I <laughs> didn't you know. Because I was like, oh, I didn't know that part happened, <laughs> but, but okay. AP history
2: teachers everywhere.
0: Oh, I know history teachers are going to love you guys and be sending you all kinds yes. of emails. <laughs> Goodness.
2: That's well, great.
0: So the film, of course, is, is based on, on John Meekham's best-selling book of the, the same name, and, and a lot of it chronicles Mr. uh um, life and career as a journalist, historian. Um, but I was wondering, with uh, he's so busy, all these speaking engagements every year, and writing, and just so much in demand. W- what was it about, why did he want to do a film like this at this time in his life, or did he ever reveal that?
2: There are a whole bunch of things that have to come together to make a film happen, right? And I think, you know, the, the film really began with the Time article in the, after Charlottesville in 2017. And um, I think that there was, around, around the country, there was just kind of a shock and horror during that moment. And he was approached, as we as we say in the film, he was approached by the editor of Time to, to kind of write a brief history of hate. And that's how the book evolved out of that. And the film sort of evolved out of the book. It was because of the excitement and the reception from the book and the feeling that this is a really timely, you know, that we have to understand. Like that moment, 2017, and all of the moments that have happened over the last, Year and change, they all make sense when you know this history. So, um, you know, I think that just it was it was the right time, the right book, the right man, you know, and that and just, you know, all of those things came together in this really wonderful
0: way. Well, John Meekham, as we all know, has been on the forefront of covering so many uh, U.S. presidents within the modern times. Um, And this film extensively interviews uh, John Meekham, but also other key names, uh, historians and, and others. So give us some of the names of people who will be seen and interviewed in the film.
2: John Meacham is our is our primary, you know, he's our primary narrator, and he's taking us through the main story, um, but then we he takes us into these moments in history, and really we're, we're diving into, like, what we wanted to do was get witnesses from the time period as much as possible, um, so we talk about the history of women's suffrage briefly, and um, we use transcripts from interviews with Alice Paul, who is no longer alive, to include some of some of her in the film. She was one of she's one of the of the activists that we explore from uh, the passage of the 19th Amendment. And Lisa Tetro, an academic, um, is one of it kind of builds out that story there. And then we also look at the Japanese American incarceration and Gail Manami, Don Tamaki, and George Takei are are primary witnesses uh, from that case study and then in the civil rights movement Janice Wesley and representative John Lewis um, are primary witnesses from that era
0: yes uh, I definitely remember those segments quite well I was just again I was amazed at a lot of their their recollections of information that I did not know uh, that had happened, and so, yeah, that that really moved me. I, I mean, because they experienced so many different emotions. There was anger. There was there were tears. There were hmm, didn't know that either. Just a, an, an array of, of different emotions. But do you think that uh, are there any so-called teachable moments that viewers can walk away with after watching The Soul of America?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that there, there are a few, but I the, the biggest one, and I think the one that is closest to my heart, is just this, this sense that there is hope, you know, that we have been through these moments, these really dark times that feel really hopeless before. And if you know our history, you know that where we are now is not new. It is, it is something that it is... It is filled with all kinds of trials and tribulations that we as a country have been dealing with since our founding. And, um, you know, I, I think, I just, I hope that an audience comes out of this know, knowing that we've been through these times before and they're hard and they're complex.
0: Film and I, I saw the the civil rights era, the McCarthyism area the in, incarceration of the Japanese Americans areas, uh, all of that. And I look at where we are now, and it just made me think and wonder: Are are we trying to digress here in America, or or what? I
2: don't know that we I, I mean, I w- I don't know that I would say that we're trying. I think that. Um, I think that there are, and this is is what Nietzsche, you know, one of his main points in the film, racism, sexism, xenophobia, these are all, you know, perennial struggles in American life. Our nation was founded on slave labor. You know, I I mean, that is like a, that that is an original sin, you know, in this country, and it is something that we haven't fully grappled with. It is reflected in the way in our criminal justice system. You know, in all kinds of things in our society, there are institutional and systemic problems, you know, that have not been addressed. And so, you know, there are moments, what Meacham says, I think, is that, you know, there are these, it's like a pendulum and it swings. And sometimes we have these, these great moments of progress and then sometimes the pendulum swings to these moments of reaction. And, you know, if you look at history, you, you, can, you can see that pendulum swinging and, um, and we're in one of those reactionary moments now. But, you know, again, if you know our history, you know that, like, it's not coming out of nowhere. You know, these, these are deep-seated problems that we need to deal with, you know, like in fundamental ways. And I think part of that is starting a conversation and educating ourselves deeply, um, because I, I believe that if we all have a greater sense of, you know, our history, you know, and of the,
0: each of these issues, then then we'll make different choices. Definitely, we have. Excuse me, we have to uh, become our own better angels, so to speak, and and yeah. unite and combine with other better angels of all races and colors and cultures. As you said earlier, we are our own better angels. Collectively, that's when we can get things done. Um, uh, last question here: As a director, what was the most challenging aspect of uh, working on this project for you?
2: Oh, you know, I, I think I think you you end up falling in love with all everything that you shoot everything, every piece of archival material that you watch and read, you know, and, and the biggest challenge becomes, you know, kind of cutting it down. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's different challenges along the way, right? But mm-hmm. um, particularly with a film like this, you know, it could have been this, this colossal epic. And there's there's a lot of stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor that you're just, you're, you're really in love with and you're sad to have let go. But you know, ultimately you do that so it can be fast-paced and you can get, you know, like and make it watchable, you know, and keep people's attention and stuff, and so that's what we were, you know, but I think that was one so of those things. Because you just so good we had so much content. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I spent so much time with Meacham, and he is so wonderful. I would have just, you know, like, there's just so many outtakes that are just hilarious and wonderful that I would have put in, but, you know.
0: Yeah, You okay. have
2: time limitations and audience and, you know, attention
0: and all of these things. <laughs> oh, do I ever know. When we do these interviews for this show, uh, you you guys, the guests, sometimes you just have so many great quotes. And I was like, oh, I can't take that part out. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> Well, I always like to ask uh, a guest, especially when there's an upcoming premiere, a television premiere. Will there be any live tweeting uh, on October 27th, HBO, 9 p.m.? Plug, plug. Uh, will you guys be doing any any live <laughs> tweeting?
2: <laughs> that is a good idea. You know, I don't do, and I mean, I just really haven't. In my life, really done social media. I'm terrible with it, and sometimes I wonder should I be doing this more. But I find that it just it it takes a lot of time. It does. And I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that um, I'm I'm one of those those people uh, who who just don't engage at that that often. But um, maybe John will tweet on it. I don't know. Actually, I I really don't know. I'm sorry.
0: Well, I can tell you from my own experience, I'm not the best at social media myself, and it is very time-consuming. Yeah. When you're very busy, like obviously yeah. you are, yeah. yeah, it can eat up your time. It really can. It
2: yeah.
0: can. Okay, well, lastly for sure, what yeah. is your next project? I, I have
2: friends project? who keep telling me
0: I need to do this Oh, yeah. Well, you'll get to it. If you don't, it's okay. You're, you're good. <laughs> you're doing more than good. So what's your next project? And that's our last question here.
2: You know, I don't know if I'm really able to talk about it so much. It's a biography oh. and, um, on an icon- iconic artist um, okay. that I am falling deeply in love with. Um, we actually just started production on it. And we've been filming over the last month, which has been really tricky. Uh, with, with everything that's happening in the pandemic and COVID restrictions and... Um, but uh, I'm really, really
0: excited about it. So stay, stay tuned for more. Stay tuned. But wait, there's more from Katie Davison. Okay. <laughs> an artist. Let's <laughs> see, it's a cliffhanger. We don't know if you mean music artist or, or uh, a painter sculptor artist or a fashion designer artist. We just go, it's an artist. Let's just wait and see. And I assume that will obviously be a project yeah. next year. And uh, we'll just. Yeah. Stay tuned and see. But right now we'll be tuning in October 27th, HBO, 9 p.m. Eastern for The Soul of America, The Battle. For Our Better Angels, the documentary. And for those who have the book, they, they'll get a double treat if they've already read the books. But, Katie, thank you so much for chatting with me. Gosh, you've just kind of made my day here talking with you. I love this stuff.
2: Janice, you're, you're
0: amazing. Thank you. Okay, well, you are invited to come back next year for that mystery artist project and talk to us about it, Okay.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you up on it. <laughs> okay,
0: we'll be right here. We'll be right here. Okay, All right. take care then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, thank you so much, Katie, uh, for sharing with us. And once again, make sure that you go uh, tonight, uh, later tonight. HBO is the channel and the network, and the film uh, will begin at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And again, it's The Soul of America, The Battle for Our Better Angels, the film version that is based on the bestseller book of the same title by one of the most respected journalists in the in the country, really around the world here, John Meekham. So uh, anyway, we'll all be, I've seen it, of course, but I'd like to see it again. So I'll uh, we'll be tuning in with the rest of you guys out there. So that's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you so much to Katie Davis, and also to our other filmmaker Maria Juranic uh, of the film Dreamers. Both these ladies are very talented and they're very smart, and they're making and have made just an, just an amazing name for themselves in the world of films. And we really appreciate them for their talents. So we'll see you guys next time on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at FilmFestivalRadio.com.